Inside the scarred up heart Inside a raging storm The word is angered Cause Satan has declared a war I'll fight this battle, Lord Because you're worth fighting for I pledge my undying love to you my heart, the battle's deep within, it's trying to control me, spirit and flesh at war, I'll take up the sword of truth, because you're worth fighting for, I pledge my undying love to you, you died for me, though I me free, so I'm honored to struggle, Lord, cause even in my toughest battles, you're worth fighting for. It was by your stripes that I was healed For this mighty army you will build I'll fight this battle, Lord Cause you're worth fighting for I pledge my undying love to you You died for me Though I led such a shameful life me free, so I'm honored to struggle, Lord, cause even in my toughest battles, you're worth fighting for, you died for me, though I led such a shameful life, grace has set me free. I'm honored to struggle, Lord, cause even in my toughest battles, you're worth fighting for. friends we're going to start this cd off with one of the most anointed songs you're ever going to hear and mike says he didn't write this one 
He said, God just let him hold the pen. This is Mike Atkins singing Adoration. Praise, we praise, 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 praise to the one who sent us his son. Praise. You're the redeemer of all mankind. 
You're the lion, the lion of Judah. You're the ruler of this whole universe. You're the most high, Messiah. You're the soon coming king. Holy, holy is your name. Friends, we got a great message for you by Pastor Rob Greenwalt today. But before we get into Pastor Rob's message, I got one more song I want to play for you by Mike Atkins, and this is called Land of My Heroes. And today's message by Rob Greenwalt is titled Heroes. So we're going to play this song by Mike Atkins, Land of My Heroes. And I know you're going to enjoy this song. So if you'd like to contact Mike Atkins, you can write to him at P.O. Box 160, West Frankfort, Illinois, 62896, or just log on to his website at mikeadkins.org. That's Mike Atkins, A-D-K-I-N-S dot org. Here's that song by Mike Atkins, Land of My Heroes. Land of my heroes that's where I long to be Well now and then my mind goes back to the days of my childhood Carefree, adventurous days Like when me and my brother Bob took an old horse tub down to the pond on my dad's little farm And with a couple of boards we used for oars we just set sail in that makeshift vessel what a great fun day that was. And it was during these days that we'd gather around our radio and listen to the Grand Ole Opry, or maybe Sergeant Preston of the Yukon, or Fibber McGee and Molly. Now, I didn't know what all these famous radio people looked like, but in my mind's eye, they were tall and beautiful. And they were perfect in just about every way. They always said, clever and intelligent things. They always won every fight over crime and they stood for the American way. And I thought, when I grow up, I want to be just like them. Well, then one winter, Dad and Mom took all of us down to the Grand Ole Opry and I was so excited. But I saw for the first time that the voices I'd always heard belonged to real live people. And it took a little getting used to 
to find out that they had aches and pains and gray hair and problems just like the rest of us. And the land of my heroes slowly began to fade away. Land of my heroes, that's where I long to be. Well, many years have passed since then, and now Bob and I are both grown, and we have children of our own. And sometimes I watch them play in their land of magic make-believe. And just a few short years ago, someone introduced me to a man called Jesus. And I found out that he loved us all. And I'd read his Bible, and I discovered a whole bunch of other great men and women. And in my mind's eye, they're tall and beautiful. And they say great things, and they always point and encourage us to the Christian way. And one of these days, when I depart this old earth, I'm going to journey to a place I've never seen. And I'll see these great men and women of old, and you know, I believe they will be beautiful and perfect in every way. So I guess... Now that I think about it, maybe there really is a land of my heroes. Land of my heroes, that's where I long to be. And now here's that message by Pastor Rob Greenwalt titled Heroes. Thank you, Lord. I do want to welcome everybody here. What a great day to be in the house of the Lord, isn't it? Man, thank you, Lord, for his presence and his goodness and his mercy. Has God blessed anybody this week? Has anybody been blessed? One, two, three, four. A lot of hands. Amen. If God's blessed you, raise your hand if God's blessed you. You know what? I'll tell you what. It's so important that we acknowledge his blessings. Of course, we should acknowledge our, his blessings to him, but you know what, it, it, what that does to us on the inside of us? That changes us. It reminds us, wow, you know, God did bless me yesterday. You know, God was with me this week. And it's important, the scriptures tell us to do that. Bless the Lord, the scripture says. Bless the Lord with all my soul. And then it says, and forget none of his benefits. And we want to make sure we forget none of his benefits. Amen. Yeah, but I want to talk to you about heroes today. And basically what I want to talk to you about is there's, there's basically three different types of heroes. And of course, you know, we all know the one type of hero is the superheroes. We know about them, you know, Superman, big S on his, S on his shirt. How, how, many of you, uh, how many of you guys, when you was about this big, you thought you was Superman, had a cape? Come on, be honest. Yeah, a lot of you. Yeah, I thought, I thought so. Uh, I knew that was the case, but I didn't know if you guys' wives knew that was the case and your girlfriend or not, but now they do. So, uh, so but you know, superheroes, you know, they're, you know, they're, a, they're a, a great powerhouse in, in our imagination. You know, you got Superman, Spider-Man, uh, uh, who else? Batman. What about the, what is, is it Mutant Ninja Turtles? Are they still heroes or not? Are they still around? Are they? Dane says they're still around. I knew they was how many years ago? Years ago they was, but I didn't know if they still was. 
But, but they're, they're superheroes. You know, of course, you know, they've got the bulging muscles and they've got many times special powers and special skills. So that's one type of hero. Another type of hero is a natural hero. It's just, uh, just old, old plain Joe, old common Joe, just, uh, just any man or woman that, that you might meet on the streets. And I want to tell you about a couple of them this morning. And of course, this is about the shootings in Aurora, Colorado. And this is about three men. Just, this is just a very, very short uh, part of this story. But I want to read this to you. It says, three men are being hailed as heroes for their old-fashioned chivalry and courage under fire and saving the lives of their girlfriends. And this, this is about three young men that put their physical bodies in front of bullets to save the lives of their girlfriends. And it just so happens that all three young men lost their lives. And it also just so happens that all three of their girlfriends lived. And in each case, if, if I would read all that to you, in each case, the boyfriends literally, one threw his girlfriend to the ground and then jumped on top of her. The first bullet hit him in the leg. He pushed her to the ground, jumped on top of her, and then he received, and then he received three more bullets that eventually killed him. Another young man pushed his girlfriend underneath, uh, underneath a pew and told her to stay down, and that was the last words that he ever spoken. And another young man, just as brave and just as heroic, they said about him that he was a shield to her. Heroes, heroes. I mean, they, these are real life heroes. They, you know, they, they didn't have bulging muscles. They didn't have special powers. Uh, they didn't have a big S on, you know, they didn't have a cape and, and but they was heroes, none the same. So we have the superheroes and then, and then now I've just told you about natural heroes. But really what I want to talk to you this morning is, is about spiritual heroes. Spiritual heroes in, in your life and in my life, and we all have them. Ralph Waldo Emerson, a, a writer from the 1800s, he quotes, a hero is no braver than the ordinary man except for a few moments in time. A hero is no braver than anybody else, except for just a couple of seconds, maybe. Just for a, just for a short period, a couple of blinks of an eye, or, or maybe 15 seconds or 30 seconds in their life, they're braver. Other than that, they're just like everybody else. But think, think just for a minute about, about your spiritual heroes in your life. Now, who are they? You know, think for a minute. I encourage you, think about the spiritual heroes in your life. Now, I'm not, uh, I, I'm not, talking, about, I'm not talking about the people that helped you, that, that raised you, that, that helped you decide who you was going to marry. I'm not talking about the people that helped you decide how many kids you would have or, or where you're going to live, where you're going to go to school. 
Those are all important questions. I'm not saying that. But I'm talking about, think about the people that led you to when you, right before you made the most important decision of your life. And of course, that is the decision that decided where you'd spend eternity. Of course, we all know it's important where we live. It's important how many kids we have, where we go to school. That's all important. But they're nothing compared to the decision where we'll spend eternity. Is that right? That's right. So, so, so think about the heroes in your life that helped you make that decision about receiving Christ. Think about it just for a minute. Now, see, many times we have trouble thinking, who was that? Who, who was that? Who was that one person that helped me get, make that decision? Who was that? Well, let me tell you why it's so hard. And, 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 I, and this is true many, many times, most of the time. Why is that? Because almost always it's not just one person. Normally it's this person does says a few words, an act of kindness. Someone else does a few words, act of kindness, and it goes on and on and on. And that leads us to the foot of the cross. That leads us to where we can receive Christ as our Lord and Savior. We see this in 1 Corinthians 3, 16, 17, the church of Corinth that they was having, you know, that they, they was basically arguing about who's your hero? Is it Apollos or is it Paul? And one was saying, I'm, a, I'm of Paul and I'm of Apollos. And well, what they was doing, they was arguing on who their heroes was. But then the scriptures bring us back to reality. 1 Corinthians Three, six, and seven. He says, I planted the seed in your hearts and Apollos watered it. But notice what it says. But God made it grow. So it don't matter whether it's Apollos or whether it was Paul. I planted the seed in your hearts and Apollos watered it, but it was God that made it grow. Go to verse seven there. And then notice what it says. It's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. But what's important is that God makes the seed grow. Amen. Amen. You know, so I ask you this morning, who are your spiritual heroes? Think about it. Was it Sunday school? Is it a Sunday school teacher? Was it a, a school teacher maybe? Maybe it was a preacher, maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was a praise and worship leader. Maybe it was a youth leader. Maybe it was your mom, your dad. Who has been involved in getting you to the place where you receive Christ as your Lord and Savior? I'm sure it was many people. Now I wanna tell you just a little bit about my, my personal experience. And the more I looked at this, I keep running across all these different things that tied together and all these different biblical principles that tied together. You know, I had, I had like I said, I had several people that Im imparted things into my life that helped me get to the foot of the cross. 
You know, when I, when I was young, you know, of course, my parents, they sewed into me. You know, not that, not that, I, not that I was raised in church, but, but, but they sent me to church camp. And when I was at church camp, I knew, I knew that there was a God. God spoke to me when I was at church camp. Now, here's an important point. I went to church camp. I was in the atmosphere of God. You know, they was lifting God up. What the scripture says, if I be lifted up, he'll do what? He'll draw all men unto him. So I went to church camp. I was hearing about the Lord. They was lifting, they was lifting the Lord up. And what was God doing? He was drawing me in. I didn't know it. All I knew, and I didn't get saved. But I knew from that moment on in my life, I knew there was a God. Didn't have no facts, didn't have no, no figures, didn't, ha- didn't know anything about astronomy, didn't know anything about architectural things, I didn't, uh, or, uh, or uh, archaeological things, didn't know anything about any of that things, but I knew that there was a God. God was drawing me in because they was lifting God up. Later on in life, I was, I was selling parts to a man. He would come in and tell me about the love of God. He'd tell me that, Marlon Manning. He'd come in and tell me about the love of God all the time. You know what? I could care less. He was a good guy, and I considered him my friend. But you know what? He would, when he would tell me about the love of God and witness to me, at that point in my life, I didn't care. But you know what? It didn't matter. Let me tell you why. Because he was lifting God up. And when we lift God up, what does God do? He draws all men unto him. Amen. Amen. Right about that same time, Saturday afternoon, I was out, I was out in my yard cooking burgers on the grill. Had my can sitting right there with me. Saturday afternoon before I was saved, look up, Randall and Jerry Wilson pull in the driveway. Didn't want to see him. Didn't want to, I didn't care what they had. At that point in my life, I could have cared less. I was tried to be as polite as I could, talk to them. They invited me to church. Uh, shared shared some biblical principles with me and they left. Didn't get saved. I didn't want to have nothing to do with what they said. But godly principle, they was lifting God up. And what was God doing? God was drawing me closer to him. A few years later, Went to a friend's house, just visiting me and my wife. They had, they had a, a bunch of girls, and of course, Kelsey was friends with them. We went over there, and we was just visiting and talking. They was telling us how God had blessed them and how they had gotten back in church and how good God was to them. Didn't matter to me. Didn't want to have nothing to do with it. Could cared less at that time in my life. But what they was doing, they was lifting God up. And when we lift God up, God draws all men unto him. Amen.
few years later, I found myself that I had made decisions in my life that led me to a place I did not want to go. How many of you ever done that? How many of you made a decision in your life and got down the road six months and said, hey, I, I didn't know I was going here. That's where I found myself. Same man, Marlon Manning, had shared the love of God with me many times in the parts store, even though I didn't want to have nothing to do with it, even though I could have cared less, even though I didn't, I, it didn't matter what he said, didn't want to have nothing to do with it. He come to see me and once again, he told me about the love of God and the saving grace of Jesus Christ and how that power, the cleansing blood of Jesus Christ could change my life. But this time, this time I was interested. This time I had heard about the love of God and seen enough about the love of God that I thought, you know, maybe I need to try that. Once again, he came to that hospital and he told me about the love of God. Once again, he was lifting God up and God was drawing all men unto him. Romans 1.16. Now, I want you to notice there are biblical principles here at work. Now, every, every person, every instance in my life that I've just told you about, there wasn't nothing special about these people at all. I mean, they, they didn't have a, the, the IQ of a genius. That wasn't them. They didn't speak three languages. You know, they didn't have bulging muscles. You know, they wasn't, uh, you know, they hadn't won any triathlons. They hadn't done anything great at all. But what they had, they had the love of God inside of them. They had the power inside of them to lift God up. Now notice this scripture. Let me tell you. See, they didn't have to have bulging muscles. They didn't have to have a 136 IQ. They didn't have to have a degree in psychology. But what they had to have was the love of God and they had to be obedient to lift God up because when we lift God up, he draws all men unto him. Romans 1.16, classic scripture. He says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, of the good news about Christ. Now notice why. Because it's the power of God at work. He's not ashamed. We should never be ashamed of the gospel because that's where our power is. We should never be ashamed of trying to live a good life. You know, I tell you, I, I just same as never uh, go on to, uh, of course, I, I read a lot of articles on the internet and things like that, but I, I don't go on Facebook. I just, I, I don't have time for it. Uh, uh, but I, I read articles and a lot of times I'll go down and look at, read the comments and stuff. And here a few months ago, I was reading, I don't, it don't even matter what the article was, but this guy was trying to do something good and under all the comments, they were just bashing this guy for trying to do something good. And this is the one time in my life I commented and I said, what is wrong with doing something good? 
What is wrong with telling somebody that they can have a better life by serving God instead of serving the devil? What? What's wrong with that? It takes courage to do that. It takes courage to step out and do that. Now notice this, the gospel and if you receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, you've got that power inside of you, the gospel. It's the power of God at work. We don't have to have the bulging muscles and the great IQ. We just have to be willing. Now, notice this. When I went to church camp, they didn't have to be geniuses. They didn't have to, they didn't have, to have, like I said, bulging muscles and all that. Why not? because they had the power of God working for him. When Marlon Manning come in, he didn't have to be a poet. He didn't have to be a philosopher. Why not? He was a farmer. He was, I don't know how big he was. He was probably 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, and probably to his compliment, he's probably, he's probably just a big old redneck farmer that loves God. I don't know how else you'd put it. But what? made him different was he had the power of God working for him. Every time he lifted up God, the power of God was working on me. Every time he told me about the love of God, the power of God was working on Rob. Every time. Every time he'd say, well, God loves you. The power of God was working on me. Every time. Same way with Randall. Randall and Jerry, when they, when they come to see me, they didn't have to have a, they didn't have to have the Bible memorized from Genesis to Revelations, and they didn't have to quote me 500 scriptures. Why not? Because they had the power of God working on the inside of them, working on me. Amen. They had to lift God up. You know, I think the devil has, has kind of conned the church into thinking that if we don't quote John 3.16 and if we don't get them saved the moment after we tell them that scripture and go through our little spill, that, we're, that we failed and we didn't do our job. That's not right. How I many of you have heard the, the scripture, it takes a village to raise a child? I'll tell you something else. It takes a lot of people to get with someone to a point in their life where they have heard about the love of God enough times that they'll put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Amen. And once again, when I went to visit my friends, they was just like me. They had just come out of the lifestyle that I was still in. They wasn't any better than me. They wasn't any smarter than me. They were just like me. But when they told me about what God had been doing in their life, that power that they was telling me about was working inside of me. Romans 1.16, once again, look at this. For I am not ashamed of the gospel. That's something, you know, I'll tell you what. If you can't get past ashamed... Mary, is this correct English? If you can't get past ashamed, shame on you. <laughs> I'm guessing it's not. 
There's very few things I say throughout a day that are proper English, okay? I've, I've come to... <laughs> says, for I am not ashamed of the good news of Christ. We've got a video we're getting, ready, we're getting ready to show you here. And as they get that ready, this is, uh, this is Penn from Penn and Teller, uh, uh, definitely a secular show in Las Vegas. But he makes a very good point here, and, and, I, and you'll see what it is here in just a minute. But this is so important. Let's go back to that scripture just for a moment if you can. If we can't get past, I am not ashamed of the good news. See, really what we're saying there is that, okay, I've got mine. I've got my eternal life. We're saying Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior, but I don't want my buddy Joe to get it. I don't want my guys at work. I don't want them to know that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world. I am not ashamed of the gospel. Now, let me tell you, it's like many other things. You have heard me say many times, everything in your life just don't change because you bow your knee at the cross and say one prayer. It's a process. Let me tell you something else. Not being ashamed of the gospel, that is a process also. I'll put it like this. You can be ashamed of the gospel. Yesterday, just simply meaning, if you're ashamed of the gospel, you won't share it. You won't tell anybody about the love of God. You can be ashamed of the gospel today and be less ashamed tomorrow. And a week later, be less ashamed. And a week later, less ashamed. And that's what God expects from us. Everybody that I know of at one time in their life has turned down a time to share the love of God. Everybody has. But we definitely shouldn't make it a habit. We should be looking for those opportunities to lift God up. And when we lift God up, God moves. He draws all men unto him when we lift God up. Now notice this. This is from a a secular point of view. Now, there might not be godly things come out of his mouth, but it's a good principle. Now notice this. That this is from, how, how, how can I say this? This is a mindset coming from a man that knows nothing about the love of God, and therefore that would make him a heathen. Okay? Simple as that. Go ahead. And I've always said, you know, that I I don't respect people who don't proselytize. I don't respect that at all. If you believe that there's a heaven and hell, and people could be going to hell, or not getting eternal life, or whatever, and you think that, uh, well, it's not really worth telling them this because it would make it socially awkward. And atheists who think that people shouldn't proselytize, just leave me alone, keep your religion to yourself. Uh, How much do you have to hate somebody to not proselytize? How much do you have to hate somebody to believe that everlasting life is possible and not tell them that? I mean, if I believed beyond a shadow of a doubt that a truck was coming at you and you didn't believe it, that truck was bearing down on you, there's a certain point where I tackle you. And this is more important than that proselytize. 
That simply means to try to convince somebody about a spiritual belief or maybe a political belief. That's what that means. And what he said, what he said was, how much do you have to hate somebody to not tell them that? If you truly believe that Jesus Christ came to this earth and died for our sins, if we truly believe that, and we believe that if the person stands next to us, if they will put their trust and hope in Jesus Christ, and we don't tell them that that's what we believe and we sincerely believe that, and we don't tell them, he says, how much do you have to hate somebody to do that? It's a good point, isn't it? It's a good point. Praise him if you'll come, please. My message is today. I want to encourage you to lift God up. Anytime you have a situation, lift God up. And you might say, well, Robert, I don't have a big S on my chest. (laughs) I know. You don't have to have that big S on your chest. But remember, whose power is it? Whose power is it? It's God's power. It's the power of the gospel to change us. It's the power of God. When we lift God up, what does he do? He draws all men. He draws men unto him. Go ahead, praise him whenever you're ready. You know, I'll tell you what, many times in my life, I have missed an opportunity that God has given me to lift God up. And, you know, and, and we can't allow the devil to beat us up for those times. You know, you know you, we know 1 John 1, 9, what we must do. We must ask him to forgive us and then get up and do better the next time. But I do want you to take just a moment right now. Take just a moment and think in your life, the people that's around you that you can lift God up to. Think just for a moment. Lifting God up. Now, I I gave you the examples in my life so so that you could see how insignificant the times might seem. I went to church camp. Thousands of kids go to church camp. Insignificant. I'm sure my mom and dad, the people around me, they couldn't tell no difference from when I left and when I come back. Didn't do nothing for Rob. He didn't get saved at church camp had nothing to do with it. I don't know how many times that Marlon Manning come in and witnessed to me. And, and I imagine more than likely every time he walked out of the door, there, the devil probably whispered to him, well, Rob didn't hear a thing I said. Oh, yes, he did. How insignificant words that we can share with those around us and how God takes those insignificant words when we lift him up He draws all men unto us. Randall and Jerry, I'm sure, when they left my house, I don't know, they probably shook their head and, and probably thought in their mind, that was a waste of time. I didn't put my can down. My can was right there, right beside me, the same place it was when they pulled in the driveway. How insignificant. They probably left and said, well, 
You know, that didn't do much good. No. No, those insignificant times that we think are insignificant, as long as we lift God up, he draws all men unto him. It's not my power. It's not my eloquent speech. But it's God drawing men unto him. So just for a minute, think about the people there that, that are close to you. Think about the ones around you. You know, I had a situation here all back. I shared just a little bit about it here a few weeks ago. I had some guys working for me. And, uh, and they was cussing and carrying on. And it kind of caught me off guard the first time. But when I went back the next time, <laughs> I was ready for it. And you know what? I'll tell you what I didn't do. I didn't say, you sinners! <laughs> How dare you! How dare you curse God! But what I did do, I praised God around them. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for all you do in my family. The blessings of God will be upon you. Because I knew. That if I, if I lift God up. Now, when I left, when I left that day, I couldn't see no change whatsoever in their, in their life. No change whatsoever. But you know what? One thing I know, because I lifted up, God was. Just because. Just because I lift God up, not because I gave him a 30-minute sermon or read John 3.16 to him. Just because in our casual conversation, I lifted God up. Because of that, I know that there's one more seed in their heart that they didn't have before. I know that. I know that. I encourage you, don't think to, to witness and to share your faith. You have to know a bunch of Scripture. What you've got to know, you've got to know Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior, and then somehow, some way, share what He's done in your life. Share that love, that transforming power. Amen. Stand with me, please. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you have a need this morning, please come. If you've never received Christ as your Lord and Savior, today is the day for salvation. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you need prayer for any, anything, please come and we'll be glad to pray with you. The Savior is waiting to enter your heart. Why don't you let him come in? There's nothing in this world to keep you apart what is your answer to
One step toward the Savior, my friend You'll find His arms open wide Receive Him and all of your darkness will end Within your heart He'll To see if you're willing to open the door Oh, how he wants to come friends, I want to ask you the most important question of your life. Are you saved? I'm not asking you if you're a good person or if you go to church. I'm asking, are you saved? If you died right now, would you go to heaven? If you was at the gates of heaven and St. Peter asked you, why should I let you into heaven? What would you say? What would the answer be? Do you know the answer? The Bible says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible says the wages of sin is death, and death is the separation from God, and separation from God is an eternity in hell. That's bad news. But I've got some good news for you. The good news of the Bible is that God loved the world so much that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever would believe in Him would not perish, but have everlasting life. In Romans chapter 10, verse 9, the Bible says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the confession is made unto salvation. The scripture says, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. There is no difference between Jews or Greeks, rich or poor. The same Lord over all. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Are you saved? If you're not sure, if you're not living for Jesus, pray this prayer with me right now. O God, I know I'm a sinner. I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sins. I believe His shed blood, death, burial, and resurrection was just for me. I now receive Him as my Savior. Thank you, Lord. Forgive me for my sins. I receive this gift of salvation and everlasting life because of your mercy 
and your grace. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, call someone. Give us a call right here at Receiving in God Ministries. hands of Jesus reached down and touched my soul thrilled my inner being gave me peace and joy untold Jesus gentle Jesus how wonderful to know The touch of gentle Jesus Savior of the soul I praise and worship Jesus He's my Lord, He's my King with every breath of life, I will let Hosanna's ring. Jesus, gentle Jesus, how wonderful to know the touch of gentle darkest hour when I called for him. Jesus reached out and touched me. Oh, the precious touch of Jesus. How it thrilled my soul. He bathed me in his righteousness. For my righteousness was as filthy rags in God's sight. He gave me salvation he gave me peace. He gave me joys untold. I could not walk this world alone without the gentle, tender touch of those nail-scarred hands. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, gentle Jesus, how wonderful. 
Well, friends, we hope you enjoyed today's message, and we'd love to hear from you. You can write to us, call us, or log on to our website and email us. Our phone number is 618-383-2107, or you can write to us at P.O. Box 578, Carmi, Illinois 62821, or log on to our website and email us at www.regministries.com. And remember, Jesus loves you, and we do too. And this is Chaplain Gary Rayburn, and we'll talk at you later. I saw Jesus hanging on that tree, lifted up my heart down on my the man I used to be I love to tell everybody what happened to me I felt so ashamed when I thought of my past when I called his name this chance would it be my last I saw Jesus